This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Three Lions podcast. My name's Russell Osborne. It's England's final two Euro 2020 group games. We've got Montenegro at home on Thursday the 14th of November and Kosovo away on Sunday the 17th of November. Now coming up we'll speak with Mihailo Glusevic about Montenegro and Arben Berisha about Kosovo. Now, thank you very much for all the feedback on the recent podcast episodes. Of course, recently the Lionesses played at Wembley against Germany. We had a preview pod for that, plus the special episode where I looked at England's very first game. Both are still available at your regular place of download. And of course, threelionspodcast.com. Now, of course, both these qualifying games are quite significant, both in their own right. The Montenegro won at home, being England's 1,000th game, be it home, away, competitive or friendly. An amazing achievement, I'm sure you'll agree. But more importantly, a game that, should we win, will secure our place at next year's European Championships. Plus, Kosovo away will be the first time that England's senior men will have set foot in that country. One where there's been a scramble for tickets. Something... I'll come to in a moment. Now, of course, both of these follow the double header last month away in Prague and Sofia, where had it not been for the loss against the Czech Republic, we would already be in the same boat as Belgium, Poland, Italy, Russia, Ukraine and Spain, who have all made it to Euro 2020 with games to spare. Now, of course, the other game was against Bulgaria. Don't really want to go back over all what happened, as we're all fully aware. But since then, UEFA have ordered Bulgaria to play two matches behind closed doors, with one suspended for two years. They've also fined them €75,000. Now take into account that for the England game, Bulgaria were already halfway through a partial two-game ban for racist behaviour of supporters, as there were 5,000 seats covered in UEFA banners. I think UEFA had the chance to make a real impact here, set a precedent going forward, lay down the law, be that authoritative figure they say they are. Sadly, in my eyes, they've proved themselves to be a spineless organisation. €75,000 is a ridiculous amount in comparison to the 80 they fined Nicholas Bentner for his sponsored pants back in 2012. I know the money isn't really the big thing here, but they had the chance to throw a nation out and they've bottled it. I really can't take UEFA seriously when they behave like this. Now, Kosovo. I've been fortunate enough to get a ticket. If you're not a member of the travel club, you may not be aware of the situation regarding tickets for the game. Just thought I'd explain a little with regards to my own situation. Now, you may remember we previously spoke with Richard from the Travel Club for a previous podcast episode, and I know full well that they try their hardest on behalf of supporters, trying to secure enough tickets to meet demand. But this time, 
feels like they've been as frustrated as we supporters have been. I'm still not sure where the blame actually lies and I do wonder if we've been the victim of Kosovo's football associations inexperience of ticketing a major game. Anyhow, I thought I'd give my own timeline for Kosovo away. And this is before I've even set foot in the country. So the 2nd of December 2018, that's when the draw was made for the qualifiers for the Euros. Out came England and Kosovo in the same group. I think it was later that day, or it may have been a couple of days afterwards, but it was scheduled for Sunday the 17th of November. And that was scheduled back in December 2018. Now, taking educated guesses at the time and proving rightly, I was going to be on the cusp of getting a ticket. So I investigated where Kosovo is, where the game was likely to be played, what's the capacity of the ground, what's the minimum UEFA 5% of the stadium. So I've got all my information together and I go ahead with the following. Because I, like many others, I'm excited about the opportunity of going to Kosovo and watching England play there. So back on the 8th of August, I pay for a return coach between Tirana and Pristina uh, with the guys from On The Ball Travel. So on the same day, I pay for a flight with Wizz Air from Luton to Tirana and Tirana back to Luton. 3rd of September, I pay British Airways for a flight to Tirana as Wizz Air's outbound flight is moved a day forward meaning I'd arrive in Albania whilst the game was in play, which is frankly no use to me, so thank you, Wizz Air. They did, however, refund me on the 9th of September for that moved flight, which was a day before England played Kosovo, down in Southampton. 23rd of September, the England supporters' registration opens for the game. 7th of October, it ends. And it turns out, that 3,129 supporters have applied. So we're all keen to see how many were actually going to get a ticket. 17th of October, England fans advise us that unfortunately they've not received confirmation of a ticket allocation from the FKK. This means that tickets won't go on sale the following day, but they do have representatives travelling to Kosovo uh, to uh, negotiate tickets. 24th of October, another notification from the England fans. Despite ongoing discussions with the Football Federation of Kosovo, they've still not been provided with a definitive ticket allocation and prices, and they still won't go on sale. They do, however, appreciate that many of us have booked our travel and accommodation in Kosovo. And the 28th of October, there were a couple of Facebook posts saying it's in the hands of Head of Security chasing the Kosovan FA. And apparently the Kosovans have had unprecedented demand for tickets in the home end, which is also causing them issues in terms of stadium security, which is slightly concerning. Following day, the FA have not received any further information from the FFK. And as a result, and due to the kickoff being so close, they've taken the decision to run a ballot based on the minimum allocation of 5%, which is 670 tickets, which is pretty much what I figured out when I was doing my research back in 2018. And they announced that the caps cutoff was 56. That left me kicking my heels. The next day, they found another 82 tickets and they announced a price of £5 each which took the caps cut off down to 54. I was still out of luck. Now, I might add that along the way, 
and I think it came out of Kosovo, that there were rumours that England fans would be allocated a section of the ground purported to hold 2,000 to 2,200. Whilst it's easy, of course, to get excited by this, nothing was actually officially confirmed. And another rumour was that the allocation had been dropped to around six to 800 because of Kosovo's annoyance that Southampton was used rather than Wembley. In all, it just seems that the supporters club were caught between a rock and a hard thing and clearly appear to be held up by the Kosovan Football Federation. Then on the 1st of November, it appears that 29 people didn't take up their option to purchase their ticket when they were allocated one in that first lot of tickets, which I must imagine must give the Travel Cub an additional headache. Anyhow, a waiting list is released. I put my name on it. 4th of November, 13 days before the match, I'm allocated a ticket. Phew! As I say, I don't know whom the blame lies with. I do know that the England Supporters Club do try their hardest, on behalf of all the England fans, to get the amount of tickets required. But I think this time their hands were tied. And I know that there will be many supporters going out to Kosovo without tickets, and it was something I was seriously giving consideration to. So they'll be looking black market, and of course, if they can't get those, the pubs, I'm sure, around Pristina will be very busy. Right, let's look at something a little more positive. Gareth has announced his squad. So, recording this, Thursday the 7th of November, the day the squad was revealed. Now, in my eyes, it's a bit no frills. It's just a squad that's going to do us the business and get us to Euro 2020 next year. 27 players. I'm guessing, with the weekend's fixtures in mind, that there may be some dropouts, which is why the the larger amount of players. But let's just quickly run through those. In goal, we've got three of them. Tom Heaton, Jordan Pickford and Nick Pope. Defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Ben Chilwell, Joe Gomez, Harry Maguire, Tyron Mings... Danny Rose, John Stones. John Stones returns for the first time since Holland in the Nations League. Vicar Tomorai and Kieran Trippier. In midfield, Ross Barkley, Fabian Delph, Jordan Henderson, James Madison, Mason Mount, who Mason Mount was injured uh, in the 4 all Champions League game with Ajax. So I thought he may have been a bit of a... Uh, Bit of a non-starter for this, but apparently not. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, he returns. He had 13 minutes against Bulgaria last month, but before that, his last appearance was against Italy in March 2018. Declan Rice, Harry Winks. I mentioned James Madison there. He and Fikio Tomori, uh, of course, didn't get their chance last month. Will they get it this time? We shall see. And up front, Tammy Abraham, Callum Hudson-Odoi, he's back. Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling and Callum Wilson. Fabian Delph, one game for Everton this season. And Marco Silva, the Everton manager, said he's a doubt for their game against Southampton. I just think he's one of those favourites that Gareth has, one he feels he can rely on. But I've got to be honest, I'm not sure if I agree anymore. If he's not going to get a game... Surely he's in the way of someone who potentially could. 
Now, we mentioned John Stones. Uh, Gareth Southgate said of John Stones, John has been serving the ball from 45 yards from opposition goal. There's still more to see and to him defensively tested. It's good to see him playing regularly. In terms of caps and experience, we don't have huge experience at the back. Michael Keane, of course, hasn't made the team. Gareth Southgate said he had a couple of difficult games for us. He now has a couple of weeks to recharge. And I've been on record before as saying I thought Jack Grealish would make an appearance in the squad. Gareth said Grealish is a very good player. I've watched him closely this season. Played very well against Brighton. The reality is he's up against Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Jack is a very good player and very close. Any issues with the squad and I wouldn't hesitate to call him up. And Kyle Walker, continued exclusion from the squad. Of course, he had a uh, little stint in goal for Manchester City during the Champions League. Many people have said he could have at least been one of England's third goalkeepers. But Gareth said, we've been very pleased with the form of Kieran Trippier and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Seems Kyle Walker is going to have to bash on the door just a little bit harder. Now, I know you like the stats on the squad, so here they are. It is a squad, as I say, of 27 guys, with them a caps total of 469. There's 68 goals across the team, and it's an average age of 24.3. On the team's represented front, goes like this. Aston Villa have got two, Everton two, Burnley one, Liverpool four, Leicester two, Manchester United 2, Spurs 3, Manchester City 2, Chelsea 5, Atletico Madrid 1, West Ham 1, Dortmund 1, Bournemouth, they've just got one. As I say, this is a squad that has been picked before the weekend's games have taken place, so I would expect there to be one or two changes going forwards. I'd like to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast. I think we spoke back in March. I'd like to welcome back Mihailo Glusevich from Podgorica in Montenegro. Hello there. Hi, Russell. Good evening to all. Hello. So you come into London? Yeah, on Wednesday. Flying in for the, the game Montenegro against England. And unfortunately, Montenegro, from the football side of things, hasn't been the best campaign, has it? Uh, well, uh, the first of all, thank you for giving me an opportunity to join again uh, the Three Lions podcast. It is my real pleasure to give to give a forecast for the approaching game. Well, since the the, the squads were was appointed a few days ago, we can say something regarding the Thursday match. Mm. From my perspective, point of view, as a fan, as uh, someone who is following our national national team for for almost 14, 14 years. First, uh, let's talk about, about the facts. Um, uh, well, the England squad successfully recovered from the surprising defeat in Prague and convincingly won against Bulgaria yeah. away. Uh, we lost from Kosovo and uh, lost any chances to qualify. So this is a fact. Mm. Uh, regarding the, 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 let's say, the, the, the club football, the England top players had very good performance in their clubs last week in Champions League, 
Champions League and Euro League, almost all of the participants won. Like Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester City, Manchester United. The only, I think, that Chelsea played draw with Ajax four yes. four. So, what will be the conclusion is that England squad is at the moment in much better condition and with much higher performance than Montenegrin. So, we do not expect any surprise. Just going to play and enjoy the game in a great atmosphere at the amazing stadium as Wembley. The only positive moment for our squad is that we will get uh, onto a pitch with relaxed. Uh, so, there is nothing to lose, definitely. So... I think that that uh, that the England England team will will win uh, quite quite an easily. I hope that will be with no big difference like it was in, in Podgorica in March. Yeah. So that that that's my that's from my point of view. But you're coming not just for the football. You're coming for the you're coming along with your friends and fellow Montenegro supporters for the experience of London and of Wembley. For us, it will be a very nice holiday. For me, okay, to, to, to recover my memories about the London uh, when I was uh, a couple of times. Uh, I was living there for, for one year, uh, 20 years ago, working and, and the living. I have, I, as, I, as I said the last time, I, had very good fr- I have very good friends and we met uh, in March in Podgorica. We spent wonderful time and looking, looking forward to see them. At Railway Pub. <laughs> oh, right. So, so it will be a couple of, couple of hours warming up before the game. And, uh, well, very nice holiday. Oh, good. Well, well, I hope it all goes to plan and, and the weather is good for you. And people of Montenegro, are they aware of the significance of this game being England's 1,000th game? Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you for for reminding me about that. This is a this is a very significant game for for your uh, for your football at all. So we are very pleased to to have the opportunity to be the the participant of the I say celebration, some sort of celebration of the football mm. in England. So uh, <laughs> I hope that you will be good partner <laughs> in that yeah. important game. So. I wonder if you're hoping that England may be slightly distracted by this and, and maybe not concentrate so much on the game and, and the fact that it's all the build-up is the thousandth game. It might be a bit of a distraction. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that that the England team will be, will be focused on, on on the game, apart from the let's say the importance importance of the game and the significance of it. So uh, I'm sure that. The manager will will force the squad to definitely won the game in the, in the first half and secure new three points and secure the first position in the group. So uh, let's say the celebration of the of the game and the anniversary is uh, very important and we are very pleased about that. But this is a, an, another story. The yes. first story is definitely the game. Yes. So the the Montenegro team the the last time we played was was back in March and Montenegro took a took a surprise lead didn't you uh, within 17 minutes it was Marko Vesevic um scored yeah, and I see he's in the in the squad again uh, are there any any other players that are in this squad now that that we should look out for well uh, if you remember well we we had very embarrassing situation I mean, with with, nas- with our national squad a couple of months ago when we had to play with against the Kosovo. 
Mm. So, uh, I'd say from some out-of-sport reasons, mainly political reasons, we replaced the manager, so uh, who was from Serbia and Serbian nationality, and the two players also was Serbian nationality. But regarding the, the political relationship between Serbia and Kosovo, they simply refused to, to, to manage the team and to play for the team before the game. Then we went into position to hire the new the new manager and to also re- replace the missing the missing the missing places in in the squad. Mm-hmm. So uh, there will be some some let's say the, the new names, but uh, at the moment it will not significantly change our approach and our our attitude and everything I said before. Uh, I stand for it definitely. Uh, you know uh, what is what is a big difference uh, between England and Montenegro squad. The 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 key players in England team uh, has almost uh, two or three games matches during the week in uh, Premier League. This is a Champions League or European League. On the other hand, Montenegro just had the, the, the national league, and this is this is a big difference. This is a big difference also for the was a physical condition of the of the players also. So and of course the quality of the tournaments, <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference in the quality of the tournaments. So uh, anyway, no matter is in the new new faces or not, definitely I'm 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 sure that that England squad will easily win this game uh, and uh, all of us will enjoy the and celebrate the football on Thursday night on the beautiful beautiful Wembley yeah I mean your your new manager uh, do you have faith in him do you think this is a a positive move yes this is this is a father Kajabegic he was a a, the great football player uh, in the 80s and and the 90s in former Yugoslavia he's a let's say the capable the capable manager and he has experience uh, leading some clubs in uh, Turkey and France but uh, the manager is the only one uh, if you do not have uh, appropriate positions covered by the high quality players the manager can do can do anything anything else yes yeah i understand uh, well, I, I hope um, I hope you enjoy your trip once again to England, and, and I hope you find it hospitable and, and welcoming, and and you enjoy the football and, and enjoy the occasion as well. I I'd, I hope that England win, obviously, and we can secure a, a place at Euro twenty twenty next year. Uh, but I but I hope we uh, we put on a good show, um, and you get the opportunity to see many former England players who who I believe are going to be paraded around the pitch and and welcomed onto the Wembley pitch before and, and maybe at half time uh, it will be it will be very 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 nice to see all, all these guys you who you had the opportunity to watch over over the television only so this is a, for our ordinary football fans this is a let's say the, the amazing but the first of all thank, thanks Russell for calling me I would like to salute all England fans who is listening to this podcast uh, sure we will celebrate the football at Thursday night Yes. No, great stuff. Thank you very much, Mihailo. Thank you, Russell. Godspeed. Now, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast, live from Pristina. Hello again to Arben Barisha. Hello there. Hello, Russell. It's good to hear from you again. 
And likewise, thank you for joining us again. Now you're you're coming to us live from Pristina. How is the feeling over there in Kosovo ahead of the game with England? Well, uh, had you asked me this question before the qualifiers started, no one actually uh, thought that the, the two last matches of this qualifying campaign will be decisive. And mm. now they are decisive. We want to win them. Actually, we want to qualify for the Euros. And uh, as you may already know, in, in our group with England, we need like four points to go to the Euros. Uh, um, if we manage to beat the Czech Republic away, and then if we manage to um, draw with England here in Pristina, or otherwise if we beat Czech Republic and in case uh, they um, lose away to Bulgaria, we would be qualified uh, regardless of the match um, in Pristina between Kosovo and England. And expectations, as, as you may have already heard are high because like we were there we're nearly there we just like uh, regret to not have um, gained more points again against Bulgaria at home uh, which was one of the first matches we played in this in this qualifying campaign and also uh, um, we regret to not have won away in Montenegro a few months ago had we won those two matches we would have been in a very very uh, good position and actually we would be in a position where uh, only with the draw away against Czech Republic, then we would uh, have been qualified uh, along with England in our group. And expectations are really, really high, like uh, very positive. People uh, expect a lot from, from, uh, from our guys because they have shown um, very, very good games. They also show... Uh, uh, a good game against England, which we lost 5-3, but it was a great performance. Yes, I mean, who, who would have thought three, four, five years ago you would have been in this sort of position? Um, and, and it is, as you say, those those two away games where you drop points at Bulgaria and Montenegro that have, that have seen you going towards the last two games with it in your own destiny. But as you mentioned, that game at Southampton, you really showed what Kosovo as a team are capable of? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, the, 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 the points we dropped against, uh, first, the points we dropped against uh, Bulgaria and against Montenegro, as I said, we regret about that because we were the best team in, in the field in both of those games. So that's why we regret to not have won them. And against uh, uh, England in Southampton in September, really, the performance was really, really high. Something the the, the team, the group showed uh, great character. They showed that they can respect better opponents, but they would never be afraid of anyone because, like, they've been playing um, together for a couple of years now since our membership into UEFA and FIFA. So uh, maybe they are now ready to make that big step, which would be a great achievement for the team. But in case we don't qualify in this campaign, we have this reserve ticket for the user, Euros, as you may already know, uh, the, the playoff of, of the UFN Nations League, which takes place in, in March 2020. So, But uh, it would be great if we take this opportunity, the first opportunity, 
to to qualify there it's very very difficult but it's uh not impossible for the people over here and um if you ask me about the england fans and the english team that will be uh, in Pristina for the last match of the qualifying campaign, I can say that there will be a very, very welcome, welcoming uh, reception for, for the England away fans and for the England team. Just now you can see like um, billboards and posters all over in Pristina and at the airport as well, like welcoming all the England players. And we cannot say anything about any of other issues that England had problems um, away to Montenegro and away to Bulgaria with the racism. This is not what you can expect here in Kosovo. In fact, you can expect the opposite. A very, very welcoming nation, a very um, good footballing nation. Um, people here like support England very much. Like if, if you don't see Kosovo or Albania either in Euros or at FIFA World Cups taking place, then most of them will be supporting England. So that's why people like uh, can't wait to, to, to see the match against England. And it's going to be like a, more of a friendly match, I would say, because like we consider England as a friendly country to us. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to experiencing the the Pristina welcome. Um, and I know from the Southampton experience, the, the supporters of Kosovo there made it a, a really great occasion with a really loud support and and outside I was talking to some Kosovan fans they were all really excited and really in, in excited to be part of this tournament and and playing in England and what how how did you find Southampton uh Southampton was very really really good maybe in terms of like its size maybe it's like uh, just like Pristina the right. capital of Kosovo is like uh, as big as Southampton is. So all the England, the, the traveling England fans will like, will find it very, very easy to get to the stadium, to get to the bars, which are close to uh, one another. So it's going to be, uh, everyone says, I mean, international visitors always say that Pristina is very, very vibrant and it's very welcoming. So, and you will like, you will see this, once you step in the Kosovo land, you will see like people um, smiling at you and welcoming you and everyone away, especially England, because like, uh, as I said earlier, in case Kosovo and Albania don't play, don't don't qualify for for the Euros or for the FIFA World Cups, like the the next team to support is England for most of them, you know. Yes. Uh, so tell me about Pristina then uh, for England fans coming into the city. What is there to to see and do and, and what do you recommend to maybe eat and drink? Yeah, definitely. I know what uh, English people and English supporters want to, to drink, so no problem <laughs> about that. And the good news is that beers are very, very cheap here. It's like from one euro to two euros, which is like not even a pound. Mm. Uh, so that, that's a good news for them like as I said in the city center like you can see a lot of bars a lot of uh, restaurants which are, which are close to the stadium like two three minutes five minutes walk to to the stadium uh, Pristina is like as I said not a very big town maybe 400,000 inhabitants because we are like uh, less than a two million nation over here so Pristina is the capital like 
is is the biggest city but not uh, not uh, if you see it from the from your perspective so uh, maybe it's like in terms of figures and everything is like uh, just like southampton so those england fans who've been to southampton to towards the england kosovo match like maybe we'll see the same thing uh here in pristina as well but but the difference is that the stadium is not as big as in southampton because the capacity is like less than 12000 and that is something to regret because people like are looking for tickets everywhere so uh, had it been a, like a bigger stadium it would have been uh, full and sold out uh, undoubtedly but this is the situation right now like uh, 12000 less than 12000 seats and like some 600 700 tickets will go to the away fans to the traveling fans and also one information which you may already have is like at some stage the football association of kosovo thought of the idea to uh, like give the um, south tribune the whole south tribune to the away traveling fans which is like more than 2500 seats yeah. So, uh, so thank you to everything England and UK ha- have done it for, for Kosovo. They wanted to do that, but then you know, they didn't want to like uh, let uh, their fans uh, down because the interest is so, so high for, for the tickets. Story in England is perhaps maybe the Kosovan Football Association weren't as happy about playing in Southampton as they, it would have been at playing at Wembley that maybe that those t- that 2,000 tickets wasn't allocated to England fans. Is that a fair thing to say? Not really. I mean, I don't think England have done it on purpose. Like, they like just chose it just like that mm. to not play at Wembley against Kosovo, but to play in Southampton. But you will see in your next game, which is against Montenegro, you won't... Uh, have okay of course Wembley is much bigger than the Southampton St. Mary Stadium but you won't hear any of the Montenegrin fans being as loud as the Kosovan fans being at Southampton uh, Stadium but I don't think that's the case I mean um, but but had England played against Kosovo at the Wembley Stadium it would have been um, a dream come true to some of the Kosovans which could not actually attend the match at Southampton because they could not uh, get the tickets uh, due to the uh, number allocated over there, which was like uh, close to 2,000, 1,900, something like that. But I don't think uh, this is what the Kosovo Football Association is doing just because the game was placed over there at Southampton. They they don't want to allocate all of the tickets of the... uh, south tribune to the away traveling fans no 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 it's like this is not uh, a revenge or something not at all okay i mean and we're talking on the 10th of november um just ahead of the the game have tickets gone on sale to kosovan supporters yet they will go on sale tomorrow so on the 11th of november and the interest the interest is, is terrible i mean you can like uh get like text messages and everything and calls and everything from from everyone even from kosovans living abroad like they all want tickets but you know the as i said the capacity of the stadium is like less than twelve thousand. and for security reasons as you know everywhere like not all the tickets will go on sale because according to uefa criteria uh some of the seats must uh remain like empty just to provide the the security for for everyone like you know um 
the away fans and the the, the home fans. But um, I I doubt there will be any incidents because like the the um, home fans here in Kosovo are very very welcoming to to the away fans. There won't be any problems. All the measures are taken. I mean, people themselves are aware of uh, the uh, of the situation and everything. But they they never really uh, thought of everything that uh, might uh, that the Montenegrin fans and the Bulgarian fans might might have done. No, that, that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and there will be a lot of England fans traveling over without tickets and looking to get them on the on the black market. I, is that something that they're going to have success with or will Kosovan fans keep them in their pocket and say they were there at this game? Uh, well, some of them will will keep their tickets and will say that they were there. Like they were they witnessed the. Uh, Kosovo England uh, um, match, but but also as everywhere else, you can find uh, tickets on on the black market. But uh, in this in this context, I can what what I can say is like uh, the tickets will go very very high if they go on black market because we've been um, we've we've heard of a lot of tickets being sold on black marketing even for. But other matches like uh, last month um, against Montenegro here, but if there are England fans traveling without tickets over here, then they have to pay very very high. I would suggest, uh, or I would suppose, uh, which I mean, uh, I, I think England still England fans can afford it because it's not as high as yeah. you could get a ticket in a black market uh, over there in in Western Europe. Yes. Well, let's let's talk about the the squad, the Kosovan squad. Uh, are there any any players that maybe weren't in the in the last game that are in this game? And is is it Valan Berisha? Is it, is he any relation to you? Uh, is he in the squad? No, no, no relation to uh, me. I have he, he was the player that scored twice uh, at Southampton. He scored the opening goal just within a minute. That's right. That's right. I have no family relation to her. To him, Berisha is very, a very common last name here in okay. Kosovo, Albania as well. So, but there are no other players missing from the Southampton game. Uh, actually, there are some players like coming back. Miljot Rashica, one of our stars, uh, who like missed the match against England, then came back in October for the two matches that uh, we played. One was a friendly match, and uh, the other one a qualifying against Montenegro but we're still missing uh, two of other players like uh, first team players which is Arbor Zanelli long term injury uh, and also uh, Milad Krizio holding midfielder he's still away but he might come back right after the match against England so let's hope we can qualify for, for the Euros and then they will be able to have the team once we're in the Euros yes now yourself, you are a television commentator. Uh, are you commentating on the game? Yeah, yeah. I will be in the commentary box, um, not for the Czech Republic uh, game. I will be like hosting a TV show uh, before that match. But then I will be in the commentary box uh, for, for the match uh, between Kosovo and England. What was it like being in the, in the commentary box? How, what, how do you prepare for a game? Well, um, like once you get the the team sheets or once you get the the squad 
once you get the squad announcement from from LNA, every every team, then you get a, um, a preparation like reading the news and everything else, like um, uh, preparing for every player, every every commentator more or less know every team like. 80 to 90 percent which players will play from the first minute so they get the first information about those players and also then again you get backup information for other players like who could like uh, be in the bench and who can play um, as a substitute so like of course you read uh, lots of news then you spare some information that uh, can help you for that match specifically, it depends on the uh, on the situation because not all the information you gather for the match uh, you can use it during your your commentary. But it depends. It depends on the situation, and of course, it depends on the uh, the style of the commentator. How, how do they do it? I see. Oh, very interesting. Um, and there was, there was one other thing I wanted to to say. I was been looking at um, just Pristina as a as a place there is a building that keeps coming up on various google images with uh, lots of domes on top and like large square building what what is that oh that's that's the national library that's the oh, national library. yeah that's yeah. fairly central is it yeah it's very central it's it's close to the uh, cathedral it's close to the city center uh, and it's one of the uh, one of the main buildings of pristina as you would uh, say, so um, if you go like and visit uh, this town, that's that's one of the places to be. Although it's not always open to to the public, like uh, for, for for the visitors, but it's one of the main uh, buildings in Greece. So it's the National Library. Oh, I see. Oh well, you've I've I've found something new there. No, thank you very much. Yeah, that's okay. Well, Alpen, thank you very much for joining us on the Three Lions podcast once again, uh, TV commentator over in Kosovo, and enjoy the game. Thank you very much, Russell, for having me, and let's see what happens. Let's let's just hope both England, who are already qualified, will uh, like take Kosovo to the Euros as well. May the best team win. Definitely. Finally, some sad news. You may remember the passing of Ivor Broadis. We mentioned him when he died back in April. He at the time was the oldest living England international. And when he passed, he handed that honour to Bert Mosley. Sadly, on the 28th of October, Bert died at the age of 96 whilst living in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Bert played three times for England at the age of 26 all between September and November 1949. Now the FA, ahead of the 1000th game, recently released a list of legacy numbers, a list of players and where they come within the England timeline. And Burt was number 687. A right back who spent his whole career at Derby County, where he played 297 league games. His three England caps, came against the Republic of Ireland in a 2-0 friendly defeat, a 4-1 away win against Wales in a British Championship stroke World Cup qualifier, and a 9-2 win over Ireland in the same qualifying. And we pass on our condolences to his family 
and friends. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our preview to the forthcoming England qualifying games against Montenegro and Kosovo. As always, my thanks go to Mihailo Glusevic speaking to us from Podgorica and Arben Barisha from Pristina. You can follow him on Twitter at Arben Barisha. And if you're going to either game, safe journey, enjoy the celebrations at Wembley and perhaps I'll see you in Kosovo. Come and say hi. Don't forget the podcast that celebrates England's first game is still available. Would make great in-flight listening. And you can find it at 3lionspodcast.com and all the other usual haunts. Don't forget we're on Twitter at 3lionspodcast, Facebook, Instagram too. And as always, if you've enjoyed it, please do give us a thumbs up on your chosen podcast provider and do tell your mates. Go on, tell them. Now, I'll be back soon with our review podcast looking back over these two games. Oh, and yes, meant to tell you, I have also been to speak with a former England international about his time with England. Got a full podcast with that, and that's going to be available early December. So until then, cheers. <laughs>